Hello, greetings, salutations, welcome to the podcast that looks back at albums, movies and video games to ask anyone for seconds. I'm your host, Dave. How is everyone? This week, I thought I'd try to continue the stream of action as we look at what is considered one of the worst movies ever made. <sighs> Why do I do this to myself? Is it self-loathing? Is it perhaps because I hate myself? Is it a public service for all of our lovely listeners? Uh, answers on a postcard, please. Oh, hang on, wait a minute. It says here I'm covering The Avengers. Oh, great, I love that film. It was the introduction to the MCU as a whole and would carve the way for game-changing cinema such as... Now is the winter of your discontent. The weather is no longer in God's hands, but in mine. To stop a madman. You will buy your weather from me. On a mission of destruction. Hundreds of millions will die. They'll drown. Burn. You need a lady. This way, Dr. Peel. Who's lethal. What did you have in mind? Nothing too messy, I hope. And a hero. John Steed. In a hat. You'll pay for that. Summer. You'd like us to work as a team. You mean I have to trust you? Absolutely. Good. When evil reigns, rain or shine, all is might. Only one team. Insects. Bigger every year. Can weather the storm. You're not someone who plays by the rules, Doctor. Rules are made to be broken. Are you sure you're up for this, dear boy? Absolutely, old chap. Let our rebels begin! Uma Thurman. Don't wait for me. And Sean Connery. Time to die. The Avengers. I'm glad to hear they're together at last. Wait. That's not Marvel Avengers. Oh, Jesus wept. It's 1998's The Avengers. Shit. Ugh, great. I thought I could get away with watching something actually half-decent for the podcast. I suppose we'd best do a context dump to figure out what happened with this tyre fire. Before we get going, however, I should probably explain what the non-Marvel Avengers are, and no, it's not some kind of non-union equivalent. The Avengers is actually a British espionage spy television series that originally ran between the years of 1961 to 1969, for a total of 161 episodes. It will follow the exploits of British dandy man David Keel, assisted by John Steed in their various spy exploits for the Ministry. After the first series, John Steed was promoted to series lead, and he would have various companions along the way, most notably Emma Peel, Tara King and Kathy Gale. This is where Honor Blackman, Diana Rigg, and Linda Thorson would make their names and go on to stardom. A later series called The New Avengers was produced between 1976 and 1977, with John Peel going on globe-trotting missions to save the world. If you think of a man in a fancy suit, a bowler hat and umbrella, accompanied by a rather lovely lady in rather flamboyant costumes, including Emma Peel in the now-iconic leather catsuit, you more than likely got a good idea of how the show looks. The show would go on to become well-loved and celebrated cult classic by fans of the show the world over. 
It's even why the Marvel Avengers film was retitled in the UK to Avengers Assemble, to avoid confusion with the popular TV show. Have we got the basic gist? I feel like we have. So shall we move on to the big screen cinema flop? Yeah? Cool. With the ongoing nostalgia of the time for 1960s and 1970s shows, Warner Brothers secured the rights to make a big screen adaptation of the Avengers TV show. They brought on board Jeremiah Chechik, who had previously helmed, most notably, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and the music video for Van Halen's When It's Love. He directed an all-star cast, including Ralph Fiennes as John Steed, Uma Thurman as Emma Peel, fresh off of Batman and Robin in 1997, Jim Broadbent as Mother, and even Sean Connery as the villainous Sir August de Winter. In fact, it was with this star-studded cast and performance of Chichek's previous film, 1996's Diabolic, that allowed the film to even get greenlit in the first place. Should be a winner, right? Well, supposedly where it went wrong was the internal machinations of Warner Brothers. Following an unsuccessful test screening to, I quote, largely Spanish-speaking working-class audience, Warner Brothers issued that the adventure be cut. And I mean severely cut. Following reshoots, the film went from its initial 115-minute screen time to a paltry 89 minutes of incoherence. The studio even refused further test screenings or even hold a premiere before its release date. They even went as far as withholding screenings to the press before release. Now, if that's not a red flag, then I don't know what is. Funnily enough, Warner Brothers actually put out a statement about this, saying, we wanted the public and the press to discover the film together. Can you smell bullshit? Because I can. Hell, the legendary composer Michael Kamen was on board to provide the score, but after substantial re-edits, he was forced to drop out and replaced by Joel McNeely. The film was unleashed onto an unsuspecting audience on the 14th of August 1998 and it failed. Hard. Monumentally hard. It opened to 2,466 screens in the USA and made around $10 million in its opening weekend. However, it would only go on to make $48 million worldwide against its reported budget of around about $60 million. Big box office tankage. In the extreme. It didn't stand a chance against films out at the same time, including the Academy Award-nominated Saving Private Ryan, How Stella Got Her Groove Back, and There's Something About Mary. Oh, This film is even a Razzie Award winner. At the 19th Annual Awards in 1999, celebrating films' worst achievements in 1998, it won the prestigious award of Worst Remake or Sequel, the only time there has ever been a three-way tie in the awards history. It would win the award with Gus Van Sant's Psycho Remake, you know, the shot-for-shot -shot one that arguably probably didn't need to exist, and Roland Emmerich's Godzilla. Who says we don't teach you anything here at A4S? The Avengers was met with negative reviews at time of release, and it really hasn't got much better as time has gone on. At the time of recording, 
It currently has a score of 5% on review website Rotten Tomatoes and an amazing score of 12 on Metacritic. In a first for the podcast, I'm actually going to read you a couple of reviews that gave it a score of zero. So Keith Phipps of the AV Club gave the film a zero, stating it's almost fascinating to witness just how lousy The Avengers is. Mick LaSalle of the San Francisco Chronicle also gave the film a zero, stating it's a completely botched effort. Botched in its direction, its writing and editing. Just thought I'd throw those out there because we've never had a 0% score before. Stephen Hunter from the Washington Post gave the film a 10, stating, in this film, the sense of charm has been obliterated. Godfrey Cheshire from Variety gave the film a 40, stating, what's missing is chemistry, the right blend of seriousness and whimsy, and charmingly compelling interplay between leads Ralph Fiennes and Uma Thurman. And lastly, Michael Wilmington from the Chicago Tribune gave the score of 50, stating, a smorgasbord of bad ideas sumptuously over-realised. I don't know about you, but I think I'm ready to watch this. I think it is time to ask anyone for seconds. Let's join the watch along now. Right, I'm not entirely sure I'm ready for this, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go into this with a slight trepidation of it. Actually, ooh, 75 years and same in the world, Warner Brothers. Oh, if only you knew now what you, you know. If only you knew what happened in the year 2022 when you got bought by Discovery. Oh, boy. <laughs> right. Moving on from that. I think I have seen this before. Now, I think I saw this when it originally came out. It was one of those films that I'm pretty sure... We rented from the uh, the local one-stop shop because they also did videos at the time rather than going all the way down into town for, like, blockbusters. The shop down the road from us, they pretty much had, like, every release known to man. So, oh, God, it's so 90s. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm I'm pretty sure, yeah, that's pretty much the case here. Um I remember it I don't I don't remember it. All I literally remember from watching it when I was a kid was Uma Thurman in that leather cat suit and Ralph Fiennes in the suit and the bow the um the bowler hat. That's literally about it. So I'm kind of equally excited and I'm eager. Oh, good lord. Sean Ryder's in this? Oh my god. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a, a wild trip. Oh, by the way, just describing what's in, on screen right now and why I said it's so 90s. Um, it's. Oh, how do I describe this? Think of PlayStation 1 demo discs and their swirling kind of weird, um... Uh, no, I'll tell you what it's like. You know when you got your first computer and you got Windows Media Player on it and you told it to do the visualizations and you're like, wow, this is so cool. It's all like the 3D blocky stuff kind of going around with, the, with your own music and that. It's that. <laughs> But with words of the cast and the crew, 
Oh, good lord. This is so... It's not aged at all. Oh, boy. <laughs> there he is. There's our boy, Ralph Fiennes, with his lovely bow hat and the suit, walking up on Suburban Village. I'll tell you what I'm really not looking forward to is that... Like I said, I don't. I literally don't remember anything of this film, but the fact that they cut nearly half an hour out is kind of ringing alarm bells because I think it's going to be an unintelligible mess. But we're, good lord, he looks young there. But we'll um, we'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Oh, it's all so British. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad it's very British, aside from the fact that you've got an American Uma Thurman playing uh, Mrs. Peel, but we'll, we'll overlook that. The cast in this, seriously though, is insane. You've got Uma Thurman, you got, we've now got Jim Broadbent playing Mother, who's like the head of the, of like the, the, the the ministry you've got like Ralph Fiennes you've got Sean Connery on paper it should be good but and it's it's like it's all to do with the weather as well which if anything the British are fucking obsessed by <laughs> And the constant references to tea are not annoying at all. Oh boy! They're drinking tea in the car, uh, and the car has a has a tea dispenser because, of course, it does. It's so British, so so British. Um, like we're we're about. 10, 15 minutes in, and it's oh, it's very, very rushed. It's very rushed. It feels like there should have been more. It's very hacked about. It feels like it feels like there could have been a bit more to the introduction of of Steed, and it feels like there could have been a bit more. Appeal. Um, like I say, it seems very, very kind of. I've got nothing wrong with a film that just wants to get to it straight away, but it feels like with something like this, it needs to have a bit more of a build up, and it, yeah. Like I say, it's very, very kind of slap bang dash, you know, get into it as quick as we can. The chemistry between Fines and Thurman, though, is it's fine. It it's, doesn't seem anything wrong there, to, 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 on on the surface level anyway. It will probably grate as the film goes on. A lot of the shots, though, um, does feel very 60s influenced, because there was a shot at the start, kind of, it was like a really quick 
pullback shot and it felt very 60s um so it's kind of a bit strange that they're kind of trying to mix in this 60s and 70s influenced uh style of filming with a then with a what was then a modern kind of take on it oh oh it's it's connery and he's playing an organ He's hamming it up. Oh boy, I hope he he hams it up for the rest of the film. Because <laughs> I have no hope for this whatsoever. The thing is, right, it's because this film feels really hacked about and edited within an inch of its life. I can't tell... How much the script has suffered as a result? Has suffered as a result. I don't think it was a particularly brilliant script in the first place, but I think where it's been hacked about so much, I think it's really high. What? The- wait, 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 wait. We just went from the inside of the house. He'd been shot to. To, to inside of somewhere what oh right I just blinked and missed that um but yeah like I was saying because it's so hacked about I legitimately can't tell whether the, the script was that good in the first place because I don't know how much of conversations they would have hacked about it definitely feels very very chopped up and very much jump from here to here to here to here to here you know get get the plot going get it moving as quick as possible there is a lot there is a lot of scope here for an extended cut that might actually benefit this i mean we're like 15 minutes what are we like what what the fuck what I, I have no context for this. Why are they all dressed as bears? Why are they all dressed as teddy bears? Multicoloured ones. <laughs> this is so fucking stupid. It's like, oh, you can't know one another. You can't know... You can't know each other's identities, so they've dressed them all up in coloured bears. What? Like... Oh, God, what is this? Okay, that, that effect wasn't awful. I mean, that's not aged too badly. So what we've had there is we've had two Mrs. Peels on the screen at the same time, side by side. It didn't look awful. I mean, admittedly, I am watching a DVD version of this. So possibly upscaled into high definition, it would probably look more awful. But, I mean, it, it looked fine. It looked fine. 
As for why the other Mrs. Peel is running about in a fucking teddy bear costume after the meeting, I don't, I don't know. I have, I have no idea. I don't understand why they needed them. Aside for the fact they didn't want to know each other's identities, but like, I don't, I, I have no words. To be brutally honest, and again, this this is so hacked about. I've decided now that the script is really bad because although it is really really hacked about like the exposition scenes are just so fucking wordy and lengthy and basically just explained exactly what's happened so it doesn't really even like it's like insulting the audience thinking they're not going to get this they're so fucking stupid it's like well give give the audience some credit you know they can connect the dots where you know when they can. <laughs> right, I've I've got like I've literally got like no context at all for why this is happening. So on the screen right now, you've got your two main characters. They're being chased by robot bees, wasps, with machine guns attached to them, who are supposedly sent by the bad guy, played by Sean Connery. Uh, I've got no context as to why he has evil villain robots. Um, he just has. Sure, who are being and these evil robot bees are being controlled by Sean Ryder, who's just looking about like quote unquote menacingly, while Eddie Izzard is controlling them with a weird control with bits in the middle that kind of flick left and right. It, oh, like, there was easy, like, another, like, five-minute scene or whatever they've cut out to go, ah, oh, I've got I've got these robots because reason, and we're going to send Eddie Izzard and Sean Ryder out to try and kill, you know, Mrs. Peel and John Steed. Like, I don't... I don't... Like, there is no contextual reason... For why this should be happening. It's just like... And now all of a sudden... Like... Father and fucking... Sean Connery are... Are working together. Because... Reasons. It's like... There... There is semblance of like... A... A film... In here... That's like... More... More tolerable? But... I don't know. Oh no, hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute. So then Eddie Izzard and Sean Ryder were just chasing them as well. But Eddie Izzard was clear, she was clearly driving. But no one's controlling the fucking wasp robot things. Like. 
I don't. I don't understand any of it. That's a cool shot. That's a really nice shot there. So, what they've done there is basically Emma Emma Peel's trying to escape, and like she's running around this uh, this this mansion. So she's running around, and uh, they've kind of done this overhead shot. Of a staircase that appear that appears to lead down, but it's like an M.C. Escher, so she just basically goes around in a circle. That's quite a nice. Um, that's a really nice shot. I really like that. I mean, that's probably the only like most clever thing this film has done so far, or probably ever will at this point. Also, can we just touch on the fact, right, that fucking Steed is fucking useless. He gets decked every single time he gets into a fight and passes out. He's been shot, he's been punched in the face, he's been rendered unconscious for, like, the majority of the fucking runtime. Like, Mrs. Peel uh, is, is doing most of the work. It's ridiculous. Why is Mrs. Peel gone mad? Talking absolute bollocks in a straight jacket. I don't. There is so much here that is missing that just has no context at all. Just like it's unintelligible bollocks. Like, we've got an invisible man there. Because reasons. I sh I'm assuming it's the voice of the original guy that played John Steed. And in fact, I think it is. I think it's actually Patrick McGee. I believe is his name. But... Like, in a film... Sorry, not Patrick McGee. Patrick McNee, I should say. But I don't... There is no context for any of this. See? Fucking pronoun game. Why didn't you tell anyone? Well, no one ever asked. Like, do you think maybe, like, if the bad guy is working with an insider of the fucking ministry, it might be worth bringing up at, like, the next AGM or something? You know what I mean? It's like... Just none of it makes sense. Now we've got Sean Connery in the fucking kill. In a fucking I'm assuming world leader thing. I don't I don't know. Just none of it makes sense. How did he get in? 
They're not going to let him just walk in like that. Just, like, give me something to work with. So the whole scheme of the film is literally Sean Connery's nicked this fucking Prospero thing which controls the weather and he's gone to the main like world UN organisation thing that just happens to happen because reasons and gone yeah you need to buy your weather from me right like just like I get the stakes oh people can die from like the drowning from like torrential rain and floods and like people will freeze to death and stuff but at the same time like that's a stupid fucking premise This might actually legitimately be one of the, if not the worst film I have ever seen. Honestly, I'm watching this fight right now between Steed and Sean Connery. I don't even know his name. The August, the something, the other. And it's boring me. Like, he's just, uh, he's then just impaled him. On his sword that was in his cane, and his umbrella, sorry, um, which is then been struck by lightning, and for whatever reason, uh, he's gone into the air with with the lightning, and he's flown off. Like, why? That that doesn't make sense. Like reasons, and I must have missed it, but. We don't know why there was another peel. I'm assuming it's a clone, but we don't know why he's made another clone of peel. Because reasons, I'm assuming because they both like the weather. Again, reasons. Like... And there just happens to be a fucking tornado in fucking London. Presumably due to this fucking Prospero weather machine thing. Just like the lack of context for things is just like... Absolutely astounding. You know, there is a good film wanting to come out of this, honestly. I don't know whether it, an extended version would help it, but I feel like it would give many, many more answers to questions that you may have certainly but the current state is in so bad it's just like it's boring and just yeah, fucking terrible honestly I don't really know what to make of that, to be brutally honest. I'm going to probably need a few minutes before I uh, 
really uh, equate as to what the fuck this is, to be brutally honest. Um, yeah, I'll see you in a few minutes. The Avengers is a bad movie. Let's not beat about the bush here. On paper, this should have been a winner. You've got a strong core of perfectly capable actors here. You've got Uma Thurman coming off the back of films like Pulp Fiction, The Truth About Cats and Dogs, and, uh, well, Batman and Robin. You've got Ralph Fiennes, a distinguished actor in his own right, a well-known Shakespearean actor, no less. You've got Sean Connery, fucking Bond, among with many other accolades. You've got Jim Broadbent, the list goes on. You've got such a great list of cast, but yet they just don't gel together. While I initially thought that the chemistry between Fines and Thurman was okay, as the film went on, it became more apparent that it was a lot more robotic and pedestrian. There just wasn't anything there that made you think they could feasibly have a connection, especially given the history of the characters in the original series. The script itself is atrocious. It gives Batman and Robin a run for its money on puns. Seriously. It feels like it's been knocked out in a weekend by someone who really doesn't have a lot of love or affection for these characters or the IP. Which to me is honestly baffling. Maybe the script needs another pass by another writer. Maybe it was studio intervention from Warner Brothers. Or could it be due to the massive elephant in the room, the editing? Right, this film is hacked about and honestly it feels it. The flow of the film is extremely disjointed, with scenes not linking together organically and sudden jumps in narrative. Mrs. Peel has so many outfit changes that it just made me feel like I was watching a Beyonce gig. The lack of context for a lot of things that just weren't explained served to aid in the feeling of an unintelligible mess of a film. Do I think the film would be better with a longer cut? That's a good question. I don't think it would. It depends entirely on what was cut from the film. If there's character beats that improve the relationships of the characters, then go for it. If there's scenes that help explain the film's paper-thin plot, let's get nuts. If it's pointless humour beats, then get rid of it. No one needs it. Unfortunately, it's likely that we'll never get an extended cut of this, due to the fact that it was such a box office bomb with such derision from the critics and audience too. I have seen that there is a novelisation of the film that includes things cut out from the film and was in the original script, so perhaps that might be an investment for me to see if things improve, but I doubt that highly. The direction, despite the absolute hack job that's been done editing-wise, I mean it's fine. Sean Connery sufficiently hams up his performance, probably realising in what a piece of shit film he's in. The best performance is arguably Fiona Shaw, who plays father, Granted, she doesn't really do a lot and her acting blind leaves a lot to be desired, but I think it's probably the strongest performance on show, and honestly that is saying something. There's a couple of shots here and there that look pretty good, mainly because they rip off MC Escher. Can I recommend this? God no, the film is downright atrocious, there's nothing here to enjoy. It's a nonsensical, garbled mess of a film. There is absolutely no redeeming qualities here. It comes across as a cheap excuse to try and cash in on a cult series beloved by fans the world over because of the whole 30-year cycle thing. Perhaps another rewrite or two to polish the script could have helped, and perhaps a change in director too. Because you've got such an astounding cast here. 
that literally do nothing. It's a crying shame because this really could have been something special, but there's nothing here. A longer cut might have addressed some of the more of the egregious pacing issues, but there's only so much you can do to polish a turd that, in fact, all you're really going to do is add flavouring to a disgusting pile of shit. Sure, you can spray it with lavender and cover it in glitter, but let's face it, it's still going to be a turd. I do really think an Avengers movie could work, but just not in a modern setting. I think you'd need to have it set in the 60s, as a period piece of sorts, you know. At least then, the more outlandish elements can be explained by, it's the 1960s. I think it could be a refreshing alternative to the more gritty action films we've seen of late. I think as close as we've got in recent years is perhaps the Kingsman films, which clearly takes influences from the Avengers, from the British dandy man in a suit to fighting crime, to even the multi-use umbrella gadgets. There is still clearly a lot of love out there for the Avengers, and if you did something similar to that, then I would totally be in 100%. Thanks so much for listening. Do you agree? Disagree? Have you got a lot of love for the Avengers 98? I really don't think there is going to be anybody why don't you get in contact with us we're on the hell site known as twitter as at anyone podcast we're on facebook as well just search for us and you will find us longer rants rambles considerations can be sent via email to anyone for seconds at gmail.com there's the occasional twitch stream as well that's over at twitch.tv forward slash anyone podcast don't forget to leave us a like rating review on your podcast platform of choice, helps us grow the podcast and we can reach more ears. Now, I think it is only fitting that this week we leave you with the theme to the Avengers from the 60s TV show. So, with that in mind, thanks again, stay safe, you've got this.